Inshallah we'll begin from ayah number 181. وَمِمَّنْ and from who خَلَقْنَا We created أُمَّةٌ A nation, a community يَهْدُونَ They guide بِالْحَقِّ With the truth. وَبِهِ And with it, meaning by it, by the same truth, what do they do? يَعْدِلُونَ They establish justice. Meaning all people are not the same. In the previous verses, we learned about how the Bani Israel, over the generations, the state of their iman deteriorated. How they became non-serious with the book of Allah. That they would change the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just for the sake of worldly reasons. Then we also learned about the example of the one to whom Allah gave His verses. But what did He do? He shed them off. Like a snake sheds off its skin. And his example is like that of a dog because no advice has an effect on him. If you advise him, he doesn't listen. If you leave him, again he doesn't change because he's only greedy for what? Worldly benefits. He's only seeking the enjoyment, the pleasures of this world, which is why he will give up the benefits of the akhirah. But Allah says over here that all of mankind is not the same. Throughout the ages... Throughout the time, until the day of judgment, there will always be an ummah. From whom we have created, there will always be an ummah, a group of people who will guide by the truth. Who will guide who? Themselves and also others. And what is the truth? The truth which Allah has revealed. Whether it was the Torah at the time of Musa salam and after him, or it is the Qur'an, which was given to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam whatever the truth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to mankind to follow there will always be some people who will guide by it and according to that truth they will establish justice meaning they will not change that truth because of some bribe because of some material benefits the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said there will always be a group of my ummah who are upon the truth who will remain upon the truth And they will not be affected by those who oppose them until the last hour comes. So until the day of judgment, there will always remain some people, even if they may be very few, who will remain firm upon the truth. You know Imam Malik, he was so firm upon the truth that if the Khalifa or someone from the government would offer him something, ask him to come, he would not even pay any attention to those requests. Why? Because he didn't want to go near those people. He was afraid that I might be impressed by them or I might seek what they have and as a result of that, change the truth. Which is why we learn that once Imam Shafi'i, when he was very young, he was sent to Imam Malik by his mother to learn from Imam Malik. But she was afraid that You know, Imam Malik might not accept him as a student, so she sent a reference letter with him. And she also sent with Imam Shafi'i, she requested one of the governors to accompany Imam Shafi'i to Imam Malik. When they got there, both that governor and Imam Shafi'i to Imam Malik's door, they knocked and a maid came and responded. And she said basically that Imam Malik is busy. If you wish to study from him, if you wish to learn from him, then meet him at the masjid. at this time. And if you have you know, some worldly benefit or something, then he has no interest or something like that, she said basically. But repeatedly they requested, eventually Imam Malik came. But from this story we see that Imam Malik was so firm about it that he wouldn't even go near the dunya. 
near the worldly benefits. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, he was persecuted and tortured to the point that he was jailed and he was physically abused, publicly humiliated, but he did not change his opinion. Why? Because he knew that if he would change it, he would be tampering the truth. He would be playing with the book of Allah. Because basically, the government at that time, the people, they were of the opinion that Qur'an is something that is created. So they wanted Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal to say the same thing. Say that the Qur'an is created. Because if it's created, then what does it mean? It can finish, it will finish, it can be changed. But Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, he was firm upon that. And he faced so much opposition. He was persecuted so badly. But we see that he remained firm upon the truth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises such people, even if they may be very few, even if they may be one or two, very few, even if they have to face a lot of persecution. Allah says, وَمِمَّنْ خَلَقْنَا أُمَّةٌ يَهْدُونَ بِالْحَقِّ وَبِهِ يَعْدِلُونَ وَالَّذِينَ And those people who كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا Who deny our ayat, سَنَسْتَدْرِجُهُمْ We will progressively lead them مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ From where they do not even know. We will progressively lead them towards what? Towards misguidance. So that they will have no way out of it. Now this word سَنَسْتَدْرِجُهُمْ istidraj. This is a term that you must become familiar with. Istidraj. Istidraj is from the root letters dal ra jim. What's the word? Daraja. What does daraja mean? Rank. So istidraj is to take someone step by step, gradually, one step after the other towards a particular destination. Because when you're taking them gradually, one step after the other, progressively, then what happens is that they don't even realize they're being taken towards that destination. Like, for example, children, if they are taught to read, how? That you put big words in front of them. Big words. Five letter, six letter words in front of them. And you say, read this word. What will happen to the child? He will get afraid and he will be disappointed. He will refuse to read. He will refuse to learn even. But if you take the child step by step, that first of all, you make him familiar with all the letters. And then you make him familiar with all the sounds. And then join two letters. And then join three letters. Then what happens? Eventually, the child is able to read so easily that he doesn't even realize. It's a step-by-step, gradual progression. Alright? So, سَنَسْتَدْرِجُهُمْ We will gradually lead them towards what? Towards their misguidance towards hellfire in a way that these people will not even realize. What does this show? That when a person denies the ayat of Allah, then the doors of guidance become closed upon him. Instead, the doors of misguidance are opened and he is led towards misguidance. So what happens is that he goes deeper and deeper into misguidance. He goes farther into misguidance to the point that he is so deep into it that there's no way he's going to come out of it. Now does this mean that Allah is to blame? No. Allah is not to blame because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitates only that path, only that way for a person which the person desires, which the person wants. 
If a person wants guidance, he adopts the means of obtaining guidance, then what happens? Allah will facilitate those means for him. But if a person desires only misguidance, which is why he rejects the verses of Allah, the basic belief that he should have, he doesn't have that, then what will happen? سَنَسْتَدْرِجُهُمْ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ And this is something very scary. This is something that's very frightening. Because iman, iman is a treasure. And a person could lose it very easily if he doesn't value it, if he doesn't protect it. Like we learned earlier, that the person who left the book of Allah, who left the ayat, then who became his friend? Shaytan. And when shaytan followed him, then what happened? فَكَانَ مِنَ الْغَاوِينَ And remember, this doesn't happen in one day. That one day a person is reciting the book of Allah, and the other day he is completely on the other path. No, it doesn't happen like this, a switch. It happens how? Gradually, gradually, gradually. Like for example, there is a person who is performing his prayers regularly. And then you find out that they're not praying their prayers at all. Did this happen in one day? One day? No, it's not a one day switch. What happens is that one day, a person delays their prayer. Another day, a person, you know, he rushes through their prayer. Another day a person misses one prayer. Then the next day a person misses another prayer. And then what happens? Gradually, gradually he loses the habit of praying completely. Completely. Likewise, if there's a woman, she was wearing hijab, and now one day she's not wearing it. Does it happen all of a sudden? No. What happens is that a woman is wearing hijab, and what happens? Shaitan says, you know, it would be nicer if it's a little short. It would be nicer if it's, you know, worn in this stylish way. It would be nicer if, if you know, if your earrings would show. It would be nicer if your necklace would show. And what's the big deal if I'm not wearing a long blouse? It's okay, I'll just wear a short shirt. No big deal. And then gradually, gradually what happens? She loses her hayat completely. And the day comes when she's not even covering her head. So this is what happens. سَنَسْتَدْرِجُهُمْ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ A person doesn't even realize this is happening with him. He doesn't even realize. Just like a person is gradually led towards guidance, he is also gradually taken towards misguidance. وَأُمْلِي لَهُمْ And I will give them time. I will give them respite. أُمْلِي from imla mim lam wow. Mal is to walk briskly. And imla is to let someone walk. So Allah says, I will let them walk. I will let them go. I will let them do what they want to for some time. And then what will happen? Eventually they'll be caught. Like for example, the first time a person delays their prayer, what happens? Their hand gets burnt. They get into an accident. No. They delay their prayer. Nothing happens. And they're like, you know what? It's not a big deal. At least I prayed. The next day what happens? They skip their prayers completely. And they say, okay, Allah is ghafoor rahim no problem, inshallah Allah will forgive me, at least I perform my other four prayers. So what happens is that while a person is sinning, Allah gives him respite, He does not catch him instantly. He does not punish him instantly. So what happens? Some people, they learn from their mistakes. They do tawbah immediately. They do not misuse Allah's gentleness with them. They do not misuse Allah's generosity with them. What do they do? They realize what they have done. Immediately they beg Allah's forgiveness and they change their ways. 
But others, what they do is, they do something wrong, nothing happened. They're like, see, I should be doing this more often. And then they try it again. They try it again. Until they're deep into that sin. So wa umli lahum. I will give them time. I will give them respite. It's like, you know, sometimes what happens is that people get into wrong relationships. Right? And how does it start? With a text message. With a smile. With a casual conversation. With a chat. And then that chat turns into a meeting. And that meeting turns into, let's go and do this together. And let's go here. And let's meet again. And let's meet again. And then eventually, they get deeper and deeper into that relationship until they commit one of the greatest sin. Right? So it doesn't happen that instantly a person is committing zina. No. Shaitan leads a person gradually, gradually. So what is necessary? As soon as we find ourselves nearing the sin. This is why Allah says, وَلَا تَقْرَبُ zina. Don't even go near zina. The moment you see that someone is being too friendly with you, then what's necessary? You become more like firm and you know professional in your manner. Because this is how shaitan comes in. When a man and woman, non-mahram, they're alone, who's the third? Shaitan. So the moment, and could be for a reason, like you're talking to somebody on the phone for some work purposes, but the moment you see that the other person is giggling, and the other person is, you know, cracking jokes, then what is necessary? That you become more serious. You deliberately avoid those situations. Deliberately avoid them. Alright? Why? Because if you don't deliberately avoid them, you don't do something to protect yourself, what will happen the next time? You will slip even more. It's like if you're walking on ice, and you feel that your foot is slipping, what do you do? You start running? You start running on ice? What do you do? You start walking even more carefully. Somebody was telling me recently, this you know, it's been so icy, that they parked their car somewhere, they got off the car to walk towards the building, and they said it was a skating rink, literally. They saw it was ice everywhere. And they felt that if they continued to walk, they would slip. And it was a slope. So you know what they did? They sat down. They sat down and they crawled to the car. (laughs) Yes. Because they were afraid if they stood even for a second more with all that wind and rain and ice all around them, what would happen? They would slip. So just like that, if you find yourself slipping, if you find yourself slipping, whether it is in the matter of prayers or it is in the matter of interacting with other people, what should you do? Be on your guard. Become even more alert. And make dua to Allah. Allahumma hafalni min bayni yadayya wa min khalfi wa an yamini wa an shimali. Oh Allah, you protect me. You protect me from slipping, from getting hurt, from in front of me, from behind me, from my right, from my left. Make dua to Allah and Allah will protect you. So, wa umli lahum inna kaydi mateen. Indeed, my plot is mateen. Mateen, very firm, very strong. Meaning no one can escape this plan of Allah. Because if Allah starts to plan against a servant, then where and how and when will that person, will that servant be saved? It's not possible. It's not possible. This is why we make dua, Allahumma, that, oh Allah, umkurli, that plot for me, 
وَلَا عَلَيْهِ And not against me. Plan for me and not against me. So, وَأُمْلِي لَهُمْ إِنَّ كَيْدِي مَتِينَ Mateen is from the root letters مِيمْ تَعْنُونَ And matin is basically from matan. And matan is when something is solid and firm. It's used for the right and left side of the backbone. So my plot is very strong, very firm. No one can get out of it. أَوَلَمْ يَتَفَكَّرُوا Do they not reflect? مَا بِصَاحِبِهِمْ مَا نَوْتْ بِصَاحِبِهِمْ With their companion. مِنْ جِنَّةِ Any madness. These people who reject Muhammad wasallam, who reject the truth that they have brought, do they not reflect that with their companion, who's their companion? Muhammad wasallam. Their companion, he's got no jinnah. Jinnah from the root letters, jim noon noon. Jannah means to cover. The verb jannah, jim noon, with a shadda and a fatha on it, jannah means to cover. And jinnah is used for insanity, madness. Because in that state, it's as though a person's intellect is covered. So Allah says, do they not reflect, there is no insanity, there is no madness with their companion. He's lived amongst them for 40 plus years. Until today, nobody accused him of insanity. Why is it that when he's presenting the verses of Allah, people say that he's gone mad? مَا بِصَاحِبِهِمْ مِنْ جِنَّةِ And if a person is suffering from insanity, then that insanity is revealed not just in his words, but also in his behavior. Right? In his relationships, it's reflected in every way. So in every other way, he's perfectly fine. But when he's reciting the Qur'an, you say that he's gone mad? Use your mind. أَوَلَمْ يَتَفَكَّرُوا مَا بِصَاحِبِهِمْ مِنْ جِنَّةِ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا نَذِيرٌ مُبِينٌ He is only a clear warner. Meaning he's only warning the people. And many times it happens that people who warn others, people start calling them crazy. Like she's gone mad. She's gone crazy. She's telling me not to take this loan. Can you imagine? How is it possible to survive in this day and age without such and such loan? Without such and such? Everybody does this. She's telling me that I should not be seeing this guy. Well, how am I supposed to get married? Is she crazy? Right? So this is what happens with the people who warn others. They're called crazy. But if somebody ever calls you crazy because you're taking your prayers seriously, because you're taking your hijab seriously, because you're taking the study of Qur'an seriously, then be happy. Because even the Prophet ﷺ was called crazy. Then you're on the path of the Prophets of Allah. أَوَلَمْ يَنظُرُوا Have they not looked at Yanduru from Nazara. Do they not look at, do they not reflect over what? Fi in Malakut, the realm. Remember the word Malakut is used for the empire, the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Malakut, the wawta'atin is from Mubalagha, which shows that every single thing that exists is Malakut of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So have they not reflected, do they not look into the realm of as-samawati wal-ard, the heavens and the earth? Look at these vast, vast creations above you, below you, around you, that you keep looking and there's no end. There's no end to the skies, there's no end to this earth, all about you. أَوَلَمْ يَنظُرُوا فِي مَلَكُوتِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Who owns this? Who made this? Someone made it. Someone owns this. وَمَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ And that which Allah has created, min shay'in, of things, meaning different things that Allah has created, do they not reflect on them? Meaning, if they reflected on these 
creations of Allah, then they would certainly realize the greatness of Allah. They would certainly realize the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They would certainly realize that Allah, the one who created, would not leave His creation misguided. He would certainly guide them. And this is the reason why He has sent His messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But what happens is that the important things in life, we realize them, but yet we procrastinate, we delay. So Allah warns, وَأَن and that, meaning do they not reflect that asa, perhaps, أَن yakuna that it is, قَدْ certainly, اِقْتَرَبَ approached near, meaning don't they realize that perhaps it has approached very near? What has approached very near? أَجَلُهُمْ their time. Meaning their time of expiry might be very near. You never know. Your death might be written for today. It might be written for tomorrow. So what are you waiting for? Why are you delaying? فَبِأَيِّ حَدِيثٍ Then with which speech? بَعْدَهُ After it. Meaning after this Qur'an, يُؤْمِنُونَ They will believe. Allah invites all people who have eyes, ears, to look, to reflect, to learn, to learn from all these things that surround us, and realize that our time here is not forever. Our end may be very near. And we should focus on what is more important. Because what happens is that we get distracted. We get distracted by the things of this world, and we forget what is more important. مَن يُضْلِلْ Whoever he sends astray, Allahu Allah. Meaning, whichever person Allah sends astray, فَلَا سُنَاتْ هَادِيَ Any guide, lahu for him. Any person whom Allah sends astray, and who is it that Allah sends astray? The one who doesn't want guidance. The one who doesn't use his eyes, his ears, his heart. He doesn't look at all these things. He doesn't take a lesson from the people who are dying in front of him that my time might be very near also. A person who does not want to be guided, then Allah sends him astray. And when Allah sends someone astray, when He allows them to go astray, then there is no one who can guide him. No one who can lead him to the right path. And He leaves them. Meaning Allah abandons such people just as they don't care about Allah, they don't think about Allah, they don't remember Allah, they don't seek forgiveness from Him. So likewise He abandons them. Where? فِيطُغْيَانِهِمْ In their transgression. Because such a person then begins to live a life of transgression. Because what is He doing? At least five times a day He is transgressing. How? Five times a day the caller calls Him Come and pray. But what does he do? He doesn't respond to that call. So he is transgressing. Allah leaves them in their transgression. They wander blindly. They see all the signs, yet they don't see them. They hear all the evidences, yet they don't hear them. They wander blindly. They don't take a lesson from anything. Because you see, if a person, he wishes to take a lesson, he can take a lesson from anything. Even his own body. You know like when you see your own body deteriorating. Like for example, you look at your nails and you think about how your nails used to be just a couple of years ago. And now because of all the housework that you have to do, you see that your hands are not the same anymore. I mean that shows you, if you reflect on your hands only, that you're not here forever. Everything is slowly, slowly slipping out of your hands. Slipping out of your control. 
And eventually your life will also slip away. So I'm not here forever. But the person who doesn't reflect, then he doesn't take lesson from anything. So Allah also leaves such people. He abandons them. He doesn't care about them because they don't care about themselves. They don't care about Allah. Yes, alunaka. They ask you an about asaa the hour. The people ask you, O Prophet ﷺ, about the hour, because when people are told that eventually, when everyone will die, there will be a day of judgment that will happen when each person will be recompensed for what he has done. Some people in Jannah, some people in Hellfire. What's one of the first questions that people ask? So when will that be? When will that be? Yes, alunaka an saa and also the mushrikeen of Makkah, when they would have nothing left to say to the Prophet ﷺ to refute him, then what would they say? They would say, okay fine, tell us, when will the day of judgment be? So the Prophet ﷺ, what would he say? I don't know, only Allah knows. They would say, see, you don't know, you don't know what you're talking about, we're not going to believe in you. So this was a question that they would ask in order to make the believers speechless. Like if somebody asks you a question, and there's no answer for that, it's not a correct question. There's no answer for that. What are you meant to say? What are you meant to say? Nothing. And then they think that just because you're quiet, just because you're not talking, see, you're wrong. Whereas that's not the case. That's not the case. Like for example, some people, atheists, they say, they ask questions like, Okay, so you believe in God and you say that God is all-powerful. So tell me, can God make something so big that even He cannot pick up? So if you think that God is all-powerful, why can't He create something like this? And if He is all-powerful, then why would He not be able to pick it up Himself? I mean, this question in itself is senseless. It's a circular question. There's no answer to that. There's no answer to that. It's an incorrect question. What is necessary is that when we learn that Allah, God is all-powerful, then we fear Him, and we trust on Him. We rely upon Him and not others. Likewise, when we are told that a day of judgment is going to come, then what is necessary? We prepare for it. Instead of trying to find out when that day will be. So Allah says, yes, saa They ask you about the hour. Ayyana mursaha. Ayyana when? Mursaha, it's anchorage. It's arrival. The word mursa is from the root letters rasim wow. Rusu. The word rawasi, mountains, is also from the same root. What does rusu mean? To be firmly rooted. To be pegged. Mursa is basically when a ship, it arrives at the dock and what is thrown? What is put in the water? The anchor. Why is the anchor put? Why? So that the ship doesn't float away. Imagine such a heavy ship even can float away if it doesn't have that anchor. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. So when a ship arrives, the anchor is put in, then what does it mean? That the ship has come, now the people will come off, those who have to go on will go, whatever goods the ship has brought, they will be taken off. So basically it is going to be established. So, ayyana mursaha, meaning when will the day of judgment come and when will it be established? Qul, 
say, Allah says to the Prophet ﷺ, tell these people who are constantly asking about when the day of judgment will come, and they're only concerned about when that last day will happen, because we see that many people are curious about this. Right? Which is why they predict, and which is why they try to find out what others have said about when the day of judgment will happen. Allah says, قُلْ إِنَّمَا عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ رَبِّي Say, indeed, its knowledge is only with my Lord. It is only with who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No philosopher, no scientist, no person who claims to know the knowledge of the unseen, no person who claims to know the future can tell you when the day of judgment is going to come. If anyone says the day of judgment is 50 years from now, 100 years from now, 2 years from now, and apparently it was supposed to come a couple of years ago too, or a year or two ago, something like that. Huh? Last year, right? So anyone who says that, remember, they are lying. They are lying. Why? Because what does Allah say? إِنَّمَا عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ رَبِّي Indeed, its knowledge is only with my Lord. The Prophet ﷺ, who was told about so many matters of the unseen even, he was not informed about when the day of judgment is going to come. Allah says, لَا not يُجَلِّيهَا He will reveal it. He will expose it. From the root letters, جِيم لَمْ جَلْ To shed light. Remember, فَلَمَّا تَجَلَّى When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shed some of His light on the mountain, because Musa alayhi salam requested to see Allah, right? So, la yujalliha, he will not reveal it, none will reveal it, liwaktiha, for its time, illa huwa, except he. Meaning, none will reveal its time except him. In other words, only Allah knows when the day of judgment is going to come, and he's not gonna tell anyone about it. Only he is going to reveal when the Day of Judgment is going to happen. It's like, you know, if there is a company and they've made a new product, right? And what happens is that they decide to launch it on a particular date. Then what happens? People try to find out what the product is before that date, right? So then what happens? People who are working on that project, they bribe them or something, and then they leak some pictures, they leak some information. And then what happens? Before even that product comes out, so much news, whether right or wrong, has been spread that it's not really a great surprise anymore. Hmm? It's not really a great surprise anymore. But the thing is that the Day of Judgment, nobody can ever find out. Nobody, nobody can announce when the Day of Judgment is going to come. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reveal it. There are signs of the Day of Judgment, which show that the Day of Judgment is near. And people have been saying that these signs, you know, they're happening now, and they happened years ago, and the Jal is not a person, but it's a system, and they're like, the system has been in place for so many years, so really the Day of Judgment is not far. There are some people who are obsessed with what? The signs of the Day of Judgment. Right? They're obsessed with the Day of Judgment, meaning when it will happen. But when it comes to their actual deeds, when it comes to preparing for that day, they're not concerned about that. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want? That we should focus on 
preparing for that day, not when the day of judgment will happen. Thakulat, it is heavy. Thakaf lam, thakil, to be heavy. It is heavy. Fis samawati wal on the heavens and the earth. Meaning, not knowing about when the day of judgment is going to happen is something that's very heavy on the creation of the heavens and the earth. Because if you know about something, about when someone is coming, then what happens? You're relaxed. But if you don't know when something is going to happen, when someone is going to arrive, then that waiting period is very heavy on you. Have you experienced this? That you're waiting for something. You're waiting for something. Like for example, some people are waiting and waiting for years for their citizenship, for their immigration. They don't know when it's going to come, when their papers are going to come. So that whole waiting period is what? Extremely heavy upon them. And the more serious a matter is, the more heavy it is on you. The day of judgment is a very serious matter. And this is the reason why it is very heavy upon the creation of the heavens and the earth. The Prophet ﷺ, when he went on Mi'raj, he saw one of the angels, if I'm not mistaken, it was angel Mikail. And he asked Jibreel, that what is the matter? I don't see him laughing. I've never seen him laughing, smiling. What's the matter? He said, he has not laughed since the hellfire was created. He has not laughed since the hellfire was made. Munzu khuliqatin nar. The angel that is supposed to blow the trumpet, how is he waiting to be ordered? Waiting to be told. And then he will blow the trumpet. It is heavy upon the creation of the heavens and the earth. Allah says, La ta'tikum. It will not come to you. Illa bakhta. Except suddenly. Without warning it will come. How? The Prophet ﷺ said, The hour will all of a sudden commence while two men have spread a garment between them. And they will neither have time to conclude the transaction nor to fold the garment. One is buying, the other is selling the garment. So they've spread it out. And the day of judgment, the trumpet will be blown. They will have no time to complete the transaction. They will have no time to fold the garment and put it away. The hour will commence after a man milked his animal, but he will not have time to drink it. The hour will start when a man is making his watering hole for his animals, but will not have time to make use of the pool. And the hour will commence while a man has raised his hand with a bite to his mouth, but will not be able to eat it. Sahih Bukhari. This is how suddenly the day of judgment will come. Yes, alunaka. They ask you. The people keep asking you about the day of judgment, when it's going to happen. Ka'annaka, as if you, O Prophet ﷺ, hafiyun anha. You are very well informed of it. The word hafiyun is from the root letters hafaya or hafawa. It's also said that it's from the root letters hafafa. Hafi is basically someone who is well informed of something. It's basically from hafa yahufu, which is to surround something from both sides. So when you've surrounded something from both sides, from the right and from the left, then it's all within your control and power. So basically, hafi is someone who knows about it fully, who knows about something fully. He knows it inside out, right, left. He knows about it. So they ask you as if you know about it. But the fact is that you don't know about it. Who should you ask? Someone who knows. 
It's like people keep asking you certain questions and you're like, I don't know. I don't know. And they ask you again and again. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. So why are they asking you? Because they believe that you know it. You know the answer. يَسْأَلُونَكَ كَأَنَّكَ حَفِيٌّ عَنْهَا حَفِي is also from the word hafa, which is to be persistent and to go to great lengths out of curiosity. To go to great lengths in order to find out about something. Like when someone is obsessed with finding out about something, they're very, very curious, then what do they do? What do they do? They just ask someone. And that's sufficient? No. They will ask, they will Google, they will find out from different people, they will go to the library, open up the book. They will go to great lengths in order to find out about that particular matter. So they ask you as if you are hafiyun about the Day of Judgment, meaning as if you are extremely curious, you are obsessed with inquiring about it, you have nothing to do except find out when the Day of Judgment will come. Is that really what the concern of the Prophet ﷺ was? No. What was his concern? To warn people. But they asked him about when the Day of Judgment will come, as if his only concern in life was to find out about when the Day of Judgment is going to come. يَسْأَلُونَكَ كَأَنَّكَ حَفِيٌّ عَنْهَا قُلْ سَيْ إِنَّمَا عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Say its knowledge is only with Allah. وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ But most of the people, they do not know. And because of this, they keep guessing. They keep predicting. They keep inquiring. And they keep wasting their time. What is necessary? That we focus on preparing for the Day of Judgment. Not that we waste our lives trying to find out about a matter that we can never find out about. There's some things that you can learn about. You can find out about. And it's good that you research about them. But there are other matters about which you can never have an answer. So there is no point in dwelling on those matters. Move on. Move on to what is relevant to you, to what will have an effect on your life. Focus on what is important. Because this is shaitan's tactic. He distracts us by what is unimportant so that we are obsessed with it and we forget about the matters which are more urgent. Recitation. وَمِمَّنْ خَلَقْنَا أُمَّةٌ يَهْدُونَ بِالْحَقِّ وَبِهِ يَعْدِلُونَ وَالَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا سَنَسْتَدْرِجُهُمْ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ وَأُمْلِي لَهُمْ إِنَّ كَيْدِي مَتِينٌ أَوَلَمْ يَتَفَكَّرُوا مَا بِصَاحِبِهِمْ مِنْ جِنَّةٍ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا نَذِيرٌ مُبِينٌ أَوَلَمْ يَنْظُرُوا مَلَكُوتِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ مِنْ شَيْءٍ وَأَنْ عَسَى أَنْ يَكُونَ قَدْ اقْتَرَبَ أَجَلُهُمْ فَبِأَيِّ حَدِيثٍ بَعْدَهُ يُؤْمِنُونَ مَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ 
Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik,